Well, good morning. I will get turned on. Bill said if uh, I don't turn it on, he's going to wave and holler at me, so I'll try and stay out of trouble here. <clears throat> well, I'm excited to be here. I don't know about you. I always love to be up front preaching, and <clears throat> it gives me an energy uh, for the rest of the day. It's great. <clears throat> we are returning to our sermon series out of First Peter. Uh, as you know, uh, you may remember Larry and... And uh, Charles had talked about uh, submissiveness. Started in chapter 2, verse 13, and uh, they admon- the, Peter admonished Christians to be submissive to kings, governors, bosses, or what they called masters. Verse 17 said, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king." Today, we're going to broach the next subject of submissiveness, and that's in marriage. Always a fun one. Everybody loves this this sermon. We're going to talk about the relationship between men and women, and what part do we play. We know that in relationships, each side has a part within the relationship. And so we're going to look at Peter's idea of the part of the relationship that each of us have. Let's pray. Oh, glorious Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you most of all, Father, for being here with us. We know where two or more meet. You are there, and we praise you for that. And I just pray, Father, that you open my mouth. Help me to say your truth. Help me to stay on task. Help me to present your word in such a way, Father, that we can grow and live by it. For it's in your name I pray. Amen. America today has spent probably the last several decades tearing down the family values. We see this in uh, women's lib. We see this in pro-choice. We see this in the LBGTQ. I don't know all the letters. We see this in all of those. They're tearing down the family values. Because they know that the way to destroy the church is to destroy the family and destroy it from within. And so uh, we can correlate a little bit to what, what uh, Peter's talking about. Peter, you can look on, in your own time at uh, chapter 1, verse 1. It tells you what churches that this message was sent to. And uh, at that time... These churches were more Gentile than Jew. And at that time, they were persecuted by a lot of the Jews within the community. And during that time, Peter was trying to encourage them, not only to stick to the path, but to do it in such a way that they would be witnesses to reach out to those who don't believe. Let's go to 1 Peter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. That's what we're going to cover today. In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your husbands, to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, 
they may be one without a word, but by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. You husbands in the same way, Live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman. And show her honor as a fellow heir in the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Well, we know biblically the authors of all the, all the texts in the Bible were definitely not politically correct. You talk in society about a woman being submissive to a man and uh, you'll get jumped on. But this is what God had in purpose. This is what God had intended. We see that he starts the, Peter starts this off with, in the same way. This is referring back to what uh, Larry and Charles had talked about, that we're be, to be submissive to the governors. In, in other words, those in charge. We're to be submissive to our masters. In other words, our bosses. And he's saying this is in that same way. Now, when we look at submissiveness in the Greek, and uh, don't judge me on my pronunciations because they won't ever be right. Um, I am definitely not a Greek scholar. So I put it down for you. Hypoteso. Something like that. But basically, it's, it's to be subject, to subject oneself, to be subservient, to submit voluntarily. And it seems in this text to also include obey. But the key here is this is voluntary. Now we know that as Christians, all of us are to be bondservants to Christ. And what does it mean to be a bondservant? It means to be a servant to Christ by choice. Not by obligation. Not because we owe somebody money. It's by choice. And that's what he's saying here. You're to be submissive. Women are to be submissive to men by choice. And he goes on to talk about whether your husband is a believer or a non-believer. And that's important. If he's a non-believer, Peter is saying, you need to be submissive. You need to show Christ to your husband. That is how you will bring him to Christ. Your witness is what brings him to Christ. But also, the women whose husbands are Christians are to be submissive, and they're to have a Christ-like heart because that is going to encourage and help the husband to continue in Christ himself. During that time, they, a lot of scholars felt that uh, part of the reason Peter went down this road was because a lot of the women who were Christians, but their family wasn't Christian. Now, realize in those days, 
when a husband took on a religion, the whole family did. Now, we see examples of this. Peter and the centurion, remember Peter has the vision on the roof about Gentiles. He goes to the centurion. He begins talking to the centurion. What does the centurion do? He brings in his whole family. He brings in everybody. And everybody was converted. Paul, talking to the jailer, after God released them, they didn't go anywhere, and the jailer was going to kill himself. And Paul began talking to the jailer. And what did the jailer do? Took him back to his house. He brought in his whole family. And they were all converted. And that's the way it was in those days. When the husband was converted, the whole family was converted because the wife usually followed in the husband's footsteps. But, as we know even today, there are some women that accept Christ, but their husbands haven't. This is happening a lot in the Muslim world. A lot in the Muslim world. And what Paul is saying here is you need to be an example. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 11.3. Paul says, But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and that man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. Man is the head of woman. Like I said, everybody in a relationship has a responsibility. And we're going to talk about the man's responsibility here shortly, but, but uh, <clears throat> the woman needs to be an example, whether her husband is saved or whether her husband is not saved. The woman needs to be an example. I've got a little video clip here. Now, in this, in this video clip, we have two characters, Jack and Kate. And I'm not going th through the whole thing, but, but uh, Jack and Kate split up after college. This is 13 years later. Jack is an extremely successful guy. He lives in a penthouse in New York, uh, drives a fancy car, all that stuff. And, but he gets the opportunity to live for a while in what it would have been like if he had married Kate. So let's see this. You know, I think about the decision you made. Maybe I was being naive, but I believed that we would grow old together in this house. That we'd spend holidays here and have our grandchildren come visit us here. I had this image of us all gray and wrinkly and me working in the garden and you repainting the deck. Things change. If you need this, Jack, if you really need this, I will take these kids from a life they love and I'll take myself from the only home we've ever shared together and I'll move wherever you need to go. I'll do that because I love you. I love you. And that's more important to me than our address. I choose us. 
So Kate makes the sacrifice, or is willing to make the sacrifice. She's willing to submit to whatever her husband decides is the right road to go, even if it is something that is not in her dreams. She makes that submission. And why does she do it? Out of love and out of respect for her husband because that relationship is more important to her than any dream that she may have. Now, as I was doing this, I was thinking about Sally and I's life. And there are three times in our life that uh, Sally has had situations like this. (laughs) You never know what I'm going to come home with. In 95, I came home and said, Sally, I'm quitting. I'm quitting work. We're going to go to Albania. Now, I got to give Sally credit. Sally lives this. She did not freak out and say, what are you talking about? There's no way we're doing this. She just said, okay, tell me about it. And so we went through the whole case. We ended up going to Albania. In uh, about... We had come back, and about six years later, I came home and said, Sally, I'm going to quit. I like to quit. (laughs) I said, I'm going to open up my own business. I'm going to open up a medical lab. And for those of you who know about what happened with that, I spent two years working on putting it all together. And much against Dave Ramsey, I didn't know about Dave Ramsey at that time. I took out a small uh, business loan. Because I had the uh, Wyoming Health Fair said that they were going to use me. The multiple doctors in town said that they were going to use me. The other lab in town was looking to sell out. And we were talking about buying, buying them out. So I was all high in the clouds because I had all this going. Um, took out a small business loan. Put up my house as collateral. Two years of working on it. The doors were open for four months. The Wyoming Health Fair, the guy quit and walked away, and I did not get it in writing. All the doctors that said they were going to do it said, what do you want me to do afterwards? (laughs) They said they weren't going to change the way they practiced. And because of a guy who I had as a consultant, the place across town hated that guy and said there's no way they're going to sell if he's involved. So I went down spiraling fast, and we lost our house. Sally did not say, I told you so. She did not She just, uh, go against, you know, yell and scream at me or anything. It was just like, okay, let's move back into our trailer, and let's see what we're going to do. A short four years from that, <laughs> I came home and said, Sally, I'm going to quit my job. <laughs> for a third time. And she said, well, what's going on? And I said, well, I'm going to go back to school and become a PA. Now, of course, that one worked. And and through that whole time, through all three of these, Sally was very encouraging. She stuck by me. She was very encouraging and always pushing me on. As a matter of fact, her encouragement is a lot of what helped me go through PA school. I went through at an older age. Most of you know I graduated when I was 50. And there were many a times I said, what am I thinking going back to school at this age? But uh, she got me through it. 
I run a lot of things by Sally. She is submissive, and she's going to take my decision. But I do run a lot of things by her. As a matter of fact, I was working on this sermon. I got, I got the information for the sermon probably six, eight weeks ago. I had all this great idea. <laughs> I had all this stuff going. I had all these examples, and I knew what I was going to go around and everything. And, and so, uh, like I always do, I go over my sermon with Sally because she, uh, she sees things that I don't. <laughs> That's why God gave her to me. And she looked at that and she said, none of this fits. <laughs> I mean, she said it about like that. None of this really fits. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't fit? <laughs> she goes, it doesn't really go together. So I spent a couple of days going over the verses again. It's like, okay, it doesn't fit. And I changed the whole thing this week. Husbands, your wives are your most important confidant, your most important counselor. They are the ones that see things that you don't. That's why God put us together, is they see things that you don't. And you need to lift them up for that and pay attention to what they have to say. Ours is not leadership of tyranny. Ours is leadership of counsel. Now, as we go on to the next section, Peter says to women, your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. So that adornment comes from the Greek word cosmos. And it means just that, to adorn, to make more beautiful through a decoration. Women in our society are taught through media, through social media, through all that stuff. They're a taught adornment. Now it's not morally good adornment. But they're taught that, that you need to dress up to attract men. And that is the sole purpose. You need to dress up to attract men. In this time of Peter, you have these women coming to church that are adorned extremely, and their husbands aren't coming to church. And that can make for trouble. He's, it's not that he's saying don't dress up when you come to church. He's not saying that. Because when we dress up, we respect our husbands, we respect God, most importantly. What he's saying is, in the next portion, work more on your inner beauty. Your outer beauty is going to fade. As we get older, the reason the husband stays with us is because of inner beauty. And the reason the wife stays with the man is because she's very tolerant. We don't look as good as we did when we're in our 20s. It happens. A lot happens. But inner beauty is what counts, and that's what God says, and what Peter is saying here that God says that women are supposed to focus on is that inner beauty. And he said to be gentle. Let's look at the, at the Greek word for gentle. 
Praos. And I really like this one. It's pertaining to not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. Gentle, humble, considerate, meek in the older form sense. You know, Christian women with inner beauty knows who she is in, in Christ. She's not trying to be somebody else. She's not trying to be that model on page 23. She is comfortable with who she is because of her relationship with Jesus Christ. We know that the marriage relationship, God is the head. It's an isosceles triangle. God is the head. Men and women are the base. Man and woman are the base. We cannot do it without God. And he commands women to be gentle. Don't be impressed with self-importance. Work on the relationship with God. And he also commands them to be quiet. Now, I'm not even going to try and pronounce this one. I tried first hour and it came out terrible. Let's go to the next. So, it, if somebody knows how to pronounce that, they can tell me later. Although I won't remember. But... Uh, but the idea here is to be quiet, well-ordered, a state of quietness without disturbance, quiet and rest. Now, a woman who has inner beauty doesn't just speak when spoken to. That's not what it means in the quiet. What it means is, is like what Sally does with me. With patience and with love, she presents things to me. If we try and push, if women try and push the husband around, you're not going to get anywhere. If we nag, you're not going to get anywhere. What happens is through that quietness and being comfortable in your relationship with God, you're speaking through the Spirit in love. Now this goes not just with a husband and wife, but this goes with any relationship. When we need to talk to somebody, especially about something that is uh, volatile, if we present it with love in the Spirit, it is so much better conversation than if we harp or nag. Now, the last portion of this talks about Sarah, verses 5 and 6. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Adam, or sorry, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. Peter gives an example of Sarah here. Sarah is the example of a wife who is submissive to her husband. And we look at Sarah and Abraham's relationship, and that is what God intended as a relationship, is the relationship that they had. And Sarah called her husband Lord. During that time, that was a title of respect. She respected her husband. She had so much love for him that her respect went deep, and she respected everything that he did. Now, you women... You are children of Sarah. When we became Christians, 
we became adopted to the family of Abraham and Sarah. We became adopted by Christ. Christ is through the family of Abraham and Sarah. And women, your children, and in your life, there needs to be, in all of our lives, there needs to be obedient, righteousness, faith, and courage. And what we have to understand is if we can't do it within an earthly relationship, how are we going to do it with God? How are we going to be submissive to God if we can't be submissive in the relationships that we have here on earth? Okay, so we're going to take a look at verse 7. Now, you can uh, figure out why Peter said six verses to the women and one verse to the men. Everybody can make up their own reason. Um, (laughs) But as we read verse 7, he does say a lot just in this one verse. You husbands in the same way. So in the same way as the wives, in the same way as with governors and with uh, bosses. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. There is quite a bit here. Live with your wife in an understanding manner. This is an interesting statement. When you think about it, Think about some of the people you know. I know a lot of guys that reside in the home, maybe even sleeps in the bed, but his life is in the work. He's rarely home. He's always at work. He does not know who his wife is. Peter is saying as a husband, it is our duty to know our wife. To know her needs, to know her desires, to know her habits, no matter how weird they are. Just kidding. That is what it means to live understanding way, in an understanding way. We've got to know we cannot see to the needs of our wife. We cannot be the head of the household in the manner we need to be if we don't understand our wife and our children and what their needs are. And the only way we can do that is by listening and asking questions, which I know we hate to do. But we need to listen. We need to ask questions. And Peter goes on to talk about... uh, The woman being weaker since she is a woman. Now, he's definitely not meaning spiritually. We know that from a lot of different verses that says we're equal, and I'll do another verse here shortly. He's not talking spiritually. Now, I still haven't come up with a good word for this, but typically, the woman is weaker than the man. That's not every case. There are some atypical situations. But typically, the woman is weaker than the man. And the man was made to protect her. 
I, uh, I have this little thing that I do when I do a wedding. I don't remember who, where I got it from. I don't remember if I heard it, got it off the internet or whatever. But I, I love this, this uh, comparison. It says, uh, there is great significance in how Eve was created. She was not brought from the dust of the earth to be her own individual. She was not taken from Adam's head to lord over him. She was not taken from his feet so that he could walk on her. She was taken from his side that she might be part of him and still be his equal. She was taken from under his arm that she might receive his protection. She was taken from his side so that she could be close to his heart, that she might own and command his love. Paul talks about women being submissive. Peter talks about women being submissive. Men are to honor the women. And when you think about it, honor and submission are very close to the same thing. We are to love our wives as Christ loved us. We are to love our wives as we love ourselves. We are to hold our wife higher than ourselves. Let's look uh, at one more clip, same movie. This time, the gentleman is, is out of the dream world of family. He is tracked down Kate because... He wants, no longer wants the world he lives in. He wants the world he had for that brief moment. So let's see what he goes. We have a house in Jersey. We have two kids, Annie and Josh. Annie's not much of a violin player, but she tries real hard. She's a little precocious, but that's only because she says what's on her mind. And when she smiles... And Josh, he has your eyes. He doesn't say much, but we know he's smart. He's always got his eyes open, you know, he's, he's, he's always watching us. Sometimes you can look at him and, and you just know he's learning something new. It's like witnessing a miracle. The house is a mess, but it's ours. After 122 more payments, it's going to be ours. And you, you're a nonprofit lawyer. That's right. You're completely nonprofit. But that doesn't seem to bother you. And we're in love. After 13 years of marriage, we're still unbelievably in love. You won't even let me touch you till I've said it. I sing to you. Not all the time, but, but definitely on special occasions. You know, we've, we've dealt with our share of surprises and, and, and made a lot of sacrifices, but we stayed together. You see, you're a better person than I am. And it made me a better person to be around you. I don't know, maybe, 
Maybe it was all just a dream. Maybe I, I went to bed one lonely night in December and I, I imagined it all, but I swear, nothing's ever felt more real. And if you get on that plane right now, it'll disappear forever. I know we could both go on with our lives and we'd both be fine, but I've seen what we could be like together. And I choose us. Please, Kate, one cup of coffee. You can always go to Paris. Just, please, not tonight. So as we look at that, there was a phrase that they both said, I choose us. You have this guy who was a CEO, multimillionaire. And for that period of time that he spent in a family, he found that those relationships were worth more than his job or his money. He was willing to make that sacrifice for that relationship. She was willing to make a sacrifice for that relationship. The two of them came together. We talk about being the woman being submissive, but the man is to honor. As Paul finishes up verse 7 there, he says, he says uh, show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Honor is from the Greek word timae. It comes from worth, evaluation, honor, honor, or respect. If we honor, then we look at our wife with the love of Christ. We try everything we can to produce that. When I do marriage counseling, the world talks about, well, marriage has got to be 50-50. Well, then Christians came along and said, well, marriage needs to be 100-100. You need to put 100% in both sides. I want to go a step further. If we are Christ-like, then our marriage, we are going to put 100% in, not expecting anything back. Christ went to the cross for us, not expecting anything in return. If one person converted, he would have died on the cross. In a marriage, in any relationship, our job is to make our spouse the best person he or she can be. We are to see to their needs. We are to see to their desires. But most importantly, we are to have ultimate agape love and respect. It is the family that God wants in the church. It is the family that controls what is going on. Why do you think God said that the church is the bride of Christ? 
there is importance in that relationship. It's important for us to be Christ to our spouse. Now, as we prepare for the hymn of invitation, let's all stand. If you have a decision to make, if you have not accepted Christ, now is the time.